0: What's up everybody in the Dome Podcast, Podcast, Podcast. It's been a while since I did that. You're taking good. a sip of water right as we start.
1: Oh, I was thirsty.
0: Why didn't you do that right before we start? thirsty. I will th- thirst thirst you, okay? Okay, it's bu- been like what, five, six, five days I think. It's since been the last since part. Fr- Friday. Friday? Thursday because we've the been, Nashville game was We've been banging them out, but, but we uh, a... you were snowed in and then I had a sick day. Yeah. So we're back at it. We're back at it. We're back at it. So what did we miss? Obviously Gosh, the big geez. comeback.
1: Big comeback happened, then we got Against crushed. Arizona. We got uh whooped right well, you know what? I didn't we, we got beat by Washington. Thought we played okay, to be honest.
0: Well, I mean it's the second half of back to back. Yeah, against the best team in the league right now. Best team in the league. I had no issue with that game. So it, I mean it's not like you can really unless you don't show up at all, but they really decent
1: game. They were fine. That was it's weirdly enough, I thought it was I thought it was one of their
0: better games of the road trip. The thing that I questioned was starting Talbot against Washington when you could have started against Columbus, and it's kind of the same thing you're seeing
1: tonight. Yeah, so why isn't... Well, we'll get into it in a bit, but I'm I'm surprised Riddick is starting tonight because you're playing the Blues on Saturday. Yeah. Like, why not start him tonight against the Devils? Riddick... is struggling.
0: I saw a statistic in the last day or two. Riddick has played the most minutes of any goalie in the league. He's also faced the most shots. So, he's also made the most saves. So to start him tonight against the Devils, really to me, doesn't make a lot of sense. Although I know that... Here's, here's the main thing that's come up. Obviously, that was another unreal comeback. And we'll talk about it. But post-game, Bill Peters, I I really like what he's done. He's called out the group. He's called out, called out the guys. He's using the win as a catalyst to address... I mean, like... There's some there's some shit to address, man. Like that was not outside of the comeback itself. What a shitty game! Another one. I didn't. I don't know. Like I don't know where I fall on this right now, because everybody's like,
1: "Oh fuck, they're so bad." Blah blah blah. Like I don't know. I think they've been fine of late. I don't know. Like was that was that Arizona game really that bad?
0: Well, it's hard. It's hard because I mean we talked about this on the last podcast, which was when you're a fan, yeah, and your team is. Compiling losses and you know getting dominated or outplayed on a consistent basis, mm-hmm. it gets frustrating. Everything you see starts to become skewed. Your yeah. perspective becomes skewed. So when they were down, what was it three-one they went down. Three-one,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. So they were down. Was it? They were down. What two nothing and they t- went two. I think ones? it was two nothing, two one three, three one. Three one. I think. So when they went out, when they went down three one, I was like, oh fuck.
1: Yeah, see, I had a weird, I don't know, I had a weird, I was going to turn it off, because then I remembered, oh shit, I left during the national game, and I just kept watching to see, because the third period, they played very well, like really good, through the whole third period, so that's why I'm maybe not as like, I think, doom and gloom as everybody else, because they played, I thought that third period they played against the guy was one of the best periods I've seen this season.
0: Are people still doom and gloom though?
1: I don't know if they're doom and gloom, but I mean like, Bill's calling everybody out, they well, fucking sending down
0: Shillington for some goddamn reason, which we'll get into later. But the issue is, is that the consistency. Yeah, I was like, it's fine. Like, you, like you brought this point up a lot on the last podcast, which was in today's era, everybody's good. It's not like in the sixties, seventies where you had like dog shit teams. Even it's though it's like twenty even years ago, Detroit's pretty bad.
1: Yeah, Detroit's but, looking rough.
0: Like you're not going to be able to dominate for sixty minutes. Yeah. But I think what's concerning everybody is, and I don't know if this is doom and gloom, but I think what the concerning thing is is that it just seems like the effort isn't there. I think... And I, I don't know if if people are, are jumping on the effort thing because they're not seeing enough results being transpired. And then so they're, they're pulling it back and saying, well, it's got to be a lack of effort. Because, I don't know, I have a different theory. I came up with this in the shower this morning. Okay, we're, wow. All, that's for right. all my... Where all my ideas just spawn. It's interesting how they all get spawned in weird, the shower. Eh?
1: It's like that's it's a it's a good place to think.
0: Because I was watching some of the the post and pregame videos, well, I guess post practice and post game videos, of basically the message that Bill Peters sent out, which I I honestly I like it. I like it, too. Because... I just
1: don't like what has happened today, but we'll get into that later. You haven't
0: seen the cohesiveness that we've seen last year when this team is rolling. And, you know, you listen to some of the players, and even, like, Jermaine was talking to Gio, and at the end, Jermaine was like, basically, Gio, is that what you're saying is that, you know, we're kind of overreacting here? And Gio's kind of like, yeah, I guess so. But... If you listen to the players, you know, they're kind of like, well, we're still finding our footing. And it's always a way different perspective of when you're in the player's shoes and you're the player to like be on some sort of different part of the, in the organization. You're laughing because we're, we're, we're recording in an office right now. We have a see-through window that goes out and there's, there's someone that <laughs> we doing playing the oh, drums. No. Oh, boy. But it is. It's different. When you're a player, it's it's kind of like you – it's almost like you're in a vacuum. No, totally. And it's a different... Think about this. It's the exact same thing as like... When you watch for the game from anywhere that's not ice view... It's way different than when you're on the ice. You don't realize... Totally different perspective. You don't realize how little time it feels when you're on the ice. Right? But... And I think it's the same kind of of feel as when you're looking from the outside. And if it's coaches or fans or media and... We're not seeing enough results yet. But the player's like, you know what? We kind of feel like it's starting to happen. And obviously those two big comebacks are a big part of that. But you but you still have Bill, Co- or Bill Peters, who's kind of the coach in the middle. And it's like, no, this is a good opportunity after this win to push these guys to the next level. Because if you're looking at results, and at the end of the day, it's the results that speak the most. But if you look at the results we're two games above 500. Yeah. And I even texted you before the last game. I'm like, we got a nice little home stretch here. We have to have some serious home cooking. It's time now to start climbing a bit in the standings. Yeah,
1: it's now is the time. You've been through a whole month, month month plus, month and a week
0: almost. A month and a week and you've basically hovered around the final wild card spot. You're in and out of that final wild card spot for about a month now. So, excuses aside, early in the season finding your footing and all that kind of stuff but this this home stretch is really important it's yeah. time now to fucking gain some points in the standings
1: yeah which I think that's why I was actually quite encouraged because that third period I don't know maybe it was just me but I thought that third period was as close to what this team looked like last year as I've seen all year they were they were absolutely fantastic in that third period they dominated that third period the power play even looked okay and they scored twice on it
0: well it's funny when the power play scores
1: how much of it helps you win you mean if you score on it you can win games so i'm i don't know i'm i understand what bill's doing but the fact that they sent oliver shillington down today really fucking pisses me off so do we know why that happened Here's why. Because the last time they did it, it was so that they could bring Quine up. So, Coach, P- this is from Pat Seinberg's Twitter. Coach Peter says the team wants Shillington to start killing penalties, which is a motiva- motivation for sending him to Stockton. What the fuck is that?
0: This is the exact same thing that we've been bitching about with Quine going down because he's not good enough to play on the fourth line. It just really, it it
1: really bugs me because like I don't I don't know if this is like him trying to send a message to the other guys, whatever. But I mean, like, why send down one... Like, he's been one of your best defensemen. Has he not? Oh, 100%. He's been great. He's looked amazing. He's looked fantastic. I don't understand this. doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. I don't understand.
0: really bugs me. Well, when you have Stone coming in as a replacement, I don't see it lasting very long. But even still... They called Davidson up as well. So, like, if they... Apparently,
1: Davidson's been playing very well in the AHL. If they want to bring him up, play him for a few games, Fine. Don't tell me that Shillington's going down and you're bringing Stone to your lineup and that's going to make you a better team. That really bugs me. I'm really annoyed at that. I, I don't even know if I can like,
0: fuck, I'm just so annoyed. Well, with the with the handful of D you have, with Shillington out of the lineup, there's no way your team is better by making that decision.
1: Absolutely not. I don't understand that. And then this is all you keep seeing is like, oh, they want Shillington to get some more ice time down there. It's like, Why? You telling me he's not getting enough ice time? He's been fine on the third pairing. Like what? Like literally, this makes no sense. So to me, this suggests that this it, is like some sort of personal thing with Chillington. That it's like a punishment type thing.
0: Is this like one of those things where the organization is has doesn't have big enough balls to call a spade a spade? Exactly. And makes up another reason for. Because I mean, is that what's going on with Dubay? Like, is that seems to be what's going on with Dubay? Bill had beef with Dubé. I don't know why. Kept calling him out in preseason, even though with the best player. Like who? Who calls out a young guy, a prospect in preseason, who's been great? Who's been great? Like,
1: so I don't know. I don't know either, but it really bugs me, and it's really bugging me because when you look at the lineup tonight, it's like, okay, so it's the, the top three lines are as they are regularly, but then you got a fourth line: Lucic is in, Jankowski's in, Reader's in. For a leak is sitting out. I didn't mind Jake
0: Kelski and Reader last game. I didn't mind Reader at all. I I think I actually kind of liked what Reader did. But he had a few good chances there. And then the defense. But I don't know for a leak, Whatever.
1: I don't care. It just bugs me that you've got Lucic and Reader and Quine all in the lineup and Dubé sitting down and Stockton. That bugs the shit out of me. Yeah. And then you got the D pairings tonight: Geo Hamannik, Hannafin Anderson, Brody Stone. So I've been a proponent of splitting up Noah Hannifin and Travis Hamannik for a while here. Because I think they both, their strengths, neither of their strengths is in their own zone, I don't think. And
0: well, and this is one of those weird things because you see a lot of these analysts, you and I have both addressed them both on Twitter. Yeah. Like these are so like legitimate people who get paid money to cover right, hockey. does not want to one right for the athletic, athletic even?
1: Yep. Talking and, about how great Hannafin and Hamannick have been this year.
0: When it's, and I, and I get it because before us starting to do these podcasts in the summer, if you're just kind of looking based off on the games, for some reason that they, they kind of slip under the radar in terms of their weaknesses. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things when the team's winning, you don't notice it as much. But since doing these podcasts and you bring up all the numbers, and now that I watch them on a nightly basis, they have a really hard time well, in their own end, big time. Like, both of them knew. They they have a hard time preventing players from entering their own end to begin with. And then when they're in their own end, they seem to have all these little little opportunities where they have a chance to either make a pass or chip them off the boards, and they they don't do it. They get hemmed in. Yeah. Like, Like time time and time time again. And then you see these more blatant errors. Hammon has had a few too, but Hannafin almost on a nightly basis. He's got, like, he forgets how to play hockey sometimes. Where it's either a turnover that leads to, like, really bad positioning yep. or he makes the wrong decision where he takes the wrong guy and leaves another guy wide open that is more common than not
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I, I just want to throw that in there i know you've been a big proponent of splitting them up yeah but i just want to also address that for some people like you and myself i did not even know because yeah. if you look at their underlying numbers that's where it really points to how weak they've been well, dating it's, back to the last playoffs, and it
1: really started in the playoffs because yeah. I think they were pretty okay during the regular season last year—not great, but okay. But then in the playoffs, they got completely demolished, and then it's it's only continued. And that's what's so funny is because they, everybody's like, if you hear people, they're like, "Oh, it's a good pairing because Hamannik is solid defensively, and Hannafin is like, he's great on he's great offensive guys." Like Hamannik has been brutal defensively this year,
0: like horrendous. So I think he's been. Actually He's been worse. worse. Yeah. He's been much worse. So, and like, so just even so what are the numbers you're looking at?
1: Well, you're looking at shot suppression. So they're facing a ton of shots yep. against. And they're looking you're looking the things I usually look at is expected goals against. So what expected goals does is it takes into account like shot quality. So right. they're giving up a shit ton. Not only are they giving up a shit ton of shots, they're giving up a shit ton of like high quality shots against, like when they're on the ice. Specifically Haminick. So that's why I'm not... I, I like the idea of splitting them up because I think they both have the same weaknesses. But I don't like Hammonick playing on the top pairing. I'm curious to see the Hanif and Anderson pairing, though. That could be interesting because I think for me,
0: Rasmus, has he been your most steady defenseman? Honestly? Probably. probably. I would say Shillington's been it. If, I'm, yeah, if like, I'm just based on what I've been watching, I know Rasmus has better numbers. I think numbers wise he've he been the best pairing probably. I think numbers wise they've been the best pairing. Yeah.
1: So like why are you sending him down? I don't know. This is just really bugs me. I it just it I don't understand.
0: Well, let's just see how long this lasts.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I hope it doesn't last very long, but it's just it's it just bugs me, man. It's like the Dubai stuff, you yep. know? It's just like why? Like, can somebody tell me why? You want him to get playing time? What do you mean? Play him in the NHL. What are you talking about? He's playing 15 minutes on the third pairing, doing very good things. And you're better with him in the lineup. Why? What the fuck is this? Like, just tell us. If you don't want him in the lineup, just say, like, he's struggled in this area, whatever you think. Well, I don't
0: know. And here's the other thing. is, It's like, if you're going to go out there and say the reasoning is because you want him to play on the penalty kill, I don't know if I buy that. I don't buy it at all. Like, how your penalty kill is in the top? In the league right now.
1: Yeah, like, why do you need him to play on the penalty kill?
0: It seems like another just made up fucking thing.
1: It's so stupid. It's like it's like Bill when he always is like, "Oh, Reader's a exceptional penalty killer." It's like, is he though? It's like, what are you talking about? Anyways, I I'm a little annoyed with that.
0: Well, and I think I meant thing I, I meant I thought of this last time we brought this up was you know Bo Bichette for the Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are kind of similar in a sense where they 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 keep their guys in the minors to an extent where everyone's just like, what are you doing? Exactly. And then even Bo Bichette, the reason why he eventually got up was because he spoke out and he was like, they keep telling me I need to develop, but they don't tell me what I need to develop on. Exactly. It's like, tell me specifically what I need to develop because if you look at my game, there's no real room for development here. Well, that's, that's something I've kind of posed to people who are like, not Dubay doubters,
1: but are like, oh, he needs to develop. It's like, what specifically? Tell me, please. Like, Exactly. Be precise. I need to know because like from what I've watched, the guy is a good NHL player. He can play in the NHL. He makes your team better. And then people are, I, it's just again, I say this all the time, low resolution thinking. It's like, "Oh, he just needs to develop." It's like, "What does he need to develop?" I've seen him skate. I've see I see him skate. He's a great skater. I see him shoot. He can shoot the puck. I see him play. It's uh, just like he can play hockey in the NHL. What does he, he need to develop? He play drives. Exactly, he yep. drives play, I don't get it What are you doing, what are you talking about What specifically, like you're telling me Oliver Shillington You're making your defense weaker So you can make one Get one player AHL penalty Killing time The what fuck are you talking
0: about That doesn't make any sense That's that the whatsoever. the shit I've ever heard And it's like the same argument you make with Dubé It's like you, you telling exactly. me If you're telling me what you have in your bottom six You compare Dubé to any of those guys and what we've seen from yeah. him in such a small sample size already, what we what we know we can do. If you're telling me Lucic, Jankowski,
1: Reader, Quine are all better than Dubé?
0: Because I know people were making the argument of well, you you know, if you had Bennett developing, maybe come becomes a better player. But then you look at the lineup and it's just like, don't you need to win? Like if you were Tampa Bay sure last year, yeah, exactly winning every night, these guys are struggling. These guys have been like nine seven and two. Now, they're struggling to find their footing, which it seems like we've seen some good steps in the past two weeks. But even still, don't you want everybody in your team that will make you better now?
1: You'd think so. And okay, this is just like, I'm not, I didn't want to get on a rant about this today, but I'm going to. This, this kind of just speaks to a more like organizational kind of like, uh, what would you call it? Like, yeah, organizational annoyance philosophy that I have been annoyed with for as long as can be, because it's like I think we are. I was arguing with somebody about the Hannafin thing on Twitter the other day, and he was like, Hannafin's the kind of guy you win cups with." And I'm like, "Not really. He makes no. four point nine million dollars and doesn't do a lot in terms of moving the needle. Like he's a pretty good. He's an okay player. The kind of guys you win cups with are populating your not even your bottom six, but your lineup with guys who are incredibly effective on entry level contracts. Havnik or Hannafin? Hannifin." He said Hannafin's the kind of guy you win cups with. And I was I, like. I
0: could maybe see the argument for Hammond because he's yeah. a fucking. He can go into warrior mode. I haven't seen that at a Hannafin. I don't understand where he's. Did you ask him why? I think so, but I was in a
1: blind. I wasn't raging, but I was like. <laughs> I got on a whole other thing. But the thing. I,
0: the Costly, thing, costly turnovers, exactly. inability to play defense. Those are when you help you win a cup. Oh, yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> of course they do. But it's just like philosophically, this just really bugs me because
1: it's like when you look at our bottom six right now. Because again, what do we all think? This kind of came to me when I was talking to somebody yesterday. They were just talking about the struggles of the Flames. I didn't think they were particularly uh, on point with. They were just they were talking so much about Lucic, and I was like, Lucic, he's not really the point of our struggles right now. He's kind of a peripheral piece, right? They were like so obsessed with Lucic and Talbot being the reason we're struggling. It's like not really. They're tangential.
0: Well, but then it got I, me I think, thinking. I like— think- the, L- I think Lucic the, has even done a better job in Talbot. Yeah, exactly.
1: Ahead. I think the problem with Lucic is that he's taking up so much goddamn money is that you can't get another top six forward in there. So that's what I think is the fundamental, one of these fundamental philosophical things that drives me nuts right now about the current regime and about the Flames for a long time is that, okay, why are we allocating so many dollars to players who don't move the needle, i.e. Lucic, Jankowski, Reeder, Hamannick, Stone... The list goes on and on and on. for say For, leak? for leak. And then you bought you bottle Brouwer, all that shit. Why are we paying so much? Why are we allocating so many dollars to guys like that who aren't moving the needle, especially in our bottom six? And then, oh, we can't afford, we can't fit in to get a guy in the top six where our actual weakness is, what would actually move the needle is getting a guy like that and then populating the third, fourth line and third pairings with guys who are effective hockey players and on entry level contracts like Dubé like Shillington it just drives me nuts that's how you win Stanley Cups how do you think Chicago won all those Cups it's because literally they had a bunch of guys on ELCs who were great it just bugs me to no end not that I'm saying like Shillington and Dubé are like going to help going to make us win a Stanley Cup but it's just philosophically when you have (laughs) effective players who are young and cheap you should be utilizing them because, other, like, it's just, oh, it just bugs me. Yep. It just highlights, it highlights to me a philosophical problem with this current regime. The fact that we're paying, our fourth line makes over, what, $7 million with Jankowski, Lucic, and if for leaks there instead of, re- wow, Jesus, they make like almost $11 million. Yep, that's insane. And then you've got Dube sitting, in, you've guys got, got guys like Dube sitting in the minors. And you've got a guy like Stone, who you signed to an extent, you traded a draft pick for, Let's just- signed to an extension. Botto, re signed, and you've got Shillington and the minors now just,
0: for this guy. It just drive me nuts. Let's just pause that for a sec. The fourth line makes, if you have Lucic, Jankowski, and Frolic, you're looking at about 11.5 mil. Let's do the math right now. 525 for Lucic, 1.6 for Janko, and 4
1: point, is for League like 4.3? He's not too bad. At least. That's 11. That's just over 11 So how mil. much
0: does Connor McDavid make?
1: Yeah, 12 and a half million dollars. How much does Austin
0: Matthews make?
1: Uh, Eleven and a half.
0: Okay, so basically our, our fourth line should be about as effective as Austin Matthews. Exactly, in terms of dollars. Great job, guys. See, that's what bugs me to know when. Just try it. Okay, nuts. and here's another thing to add on to that. Is that Lucic just got suspended for punching a guy in the face. Basically, he just got suspended for what you brought him in here to do. And if that's not a mirror to Bradtree Living, that why the fuck did you bring this guy in when the yeah. game has shifted? Well, I think... It you was... can't... You, the league says you can't even do that anymore. What he did is a, more he than is a, illegal. Worth a penalty. It's worth a, it's a suspendable offense. Whether or not you yet, agree with whatever. Yet, that's why we brought him here. Yeah. So...
1: Great job, Brad. Really forward-thinking GM we have. Our GM willingly brought that in. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I started this podcast on a good note, but now this Schillington thing has really got me frustrated.
0: Now I'm not going to go to my end-day judgment until, like, till assuming the end of the season. we make the playoffs to yeah. see what type of impact. Yeah. But obviously we have some bones of contentions already.
1: Yeah, but this Schillington thing just bugs me because it just highlights. Yeah. Just
0: and to and to close that before we move on the bobashet thing i feel like a big part of the reason why evanchigov got called up was the pressure on the on the management to bring him up because yeah. the fans were like what is going on like we're like you you're already your team's losing your team Suck. sucks like why not he there's obviously a spot in the lineup for him and when he comes up what does he do he sets like five records exactly it's like Duh. i'm not saying dubey's going to come in and set records no. but like He's gonna help your team. The, it's the paradigm has shifted across exactly. the board in all sports. You don't need to be 28 when you start playing in the NHL no, anymore. Don't need to
1: pay your dues for some random ass reason.
0: Okay. All right. So let's move on from that. I didn't, on. I didn't even get into my theory. Yet. Well, you didn't. No. Oh. Don't hear my theory. Let's hear it. Okay. Your shower my theory. theory. My th- my shower theory. Because I want to rant. Of and what's going time. on with this team so far. We're nine and seven, nine seven and 9-7 and two. Like I said, outside of the past two games, we've been up and down, up and down, up yo-yo team, hovering around the wild second wild card spot. And the teams below you that have are within one and two points have many more games in hand. So, if you if you count the games in hand, we're kind of we haven't been a playoff team all year, and. Sure, there's been there's been extreme versions of this, of doom and gloom, of, of fans losing. I think the most, I think we, we represent kind of the, the the higher average of people that are really frustrated, but still pretty optimistic because we it's the same team.
1: Frustrated, not worried.
0: Frustrated, not worried. That's going
1: to be our motto all season.
0: But what I think is happening after watching the post game comments um, with with Coach Bill Peters. And some of the leadership group, including Matthew Kachuk. You know what I think's happening? And we touched on this earlier on. Is I think it's an identity thing. Could be. And I think there's a changing of the guard happening right now. The identity of this team is shifting from the engines that drive the team being Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monahan to Matthew Kachuk, Elias Lindholm. Who else? I don't know. Some of these younger D-men. Rasmus Anderson. I would say Anderson Shillington. I would also say David Shillington. Set him down. And I think that's why this team is going through this process of floundering. Because who they were in the past is not who they are now. And we even touched on this a, like a couple weeks in when we said nobody knows who's who in the bottom six. But I also think we're starting to see the identity shift in the top six as well. And I kind of feel like this team is going through an ironing out process. And I think Bill's just done a great job. Bill's done a great job of managing the shifting of the tides. Even when we, when we were harping on, like, we need to see Chucky play with better skill. He's got to play in the top line or get him more skill to play with. Bill tried him with Lindholm. And I think the issue was he was trying to force a square peg in a round hole, so to speak. Because he was still relying on Johnny Monty being the top guys. I don't think they are anymore.
1: Well, okay. So I really like that theory because I think...
0: They are top guys, but they're not the
1: top guys. That's what I was going to get into. It's like, okay, why are we 9-7-2? and two? Because I was looking at a bunch of metrics last, last night. The worst, the, the players who have struggled the most, the absolute most. Because everybody else has been okay. Johnny and Monty. All of yep. their underlying metrics have been pretty gross. Especially Monaghan. Yep. So when you say Bill, because here's my here's my theory on why we haven't seen we only saw Lindholm at center for two games. I think they're absolutely freaked that Sean Monahan is nowhere near a top line center, and I think they're absolutely freaked that they can't split him up from Johnny Gaudreau. And I think they I think now they know they can't.
0: Yeah, but like what we deciphered in our last podcast, once you come to that realization, that's an easy solution. So hopefully they take the steps. Because I think Linholm and Chuck are your top two guys right now. Yeah. And to reiterate on our last podcast, what we were saying is, what we recommend, you find another top 6 guy that can play with Linholm in the middle and Chucky on the wing, or you bring another centerman, Linholm plays on the right, doesn't matter. And then your second line is Monty and Johnny with someone like Monch. Yeah. And it's not even like your second line, it's just like... Sure, 1A, one 1B, one but the thing is... Chucky and
1: Lindholm are taking the tough matchups and they're, for all intents and purposes, your top line.
0: That's the biggest thing. Because make that point again. You look, you go through the line, the biggest, the best lines in the league. Yeah, Bergeron, Passback,
1: Marchand, the Barkov line, even mean, the, the Tavares line. line, the Avalanche line. What they,
0: makes those lines so good? They can play against the other team's top lines themselves. Johnny and Monty can't. They can't do it. They haven't been in a duel all season. Like They struggle defensively on a nightly basis. Especially
1: like Monty. And that's the thing, right? When they're when they're not producing offensively, they're kind of a liability out there.
0: Yep. So. So then that's why we like someone like Lindholm, Kachuk, someone else. In that top line role that can be better matched up. And then you can better match up Johnny and Monty. That frees them up to probably even be more effective. So. Which also slots everybody in your bottom six more appropriately as well. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, yeah, I, I'm really curious to see what happens. I don't know. So, honestly, I feel like that's what you're seeing here. Could be. And, I mean, looking at Chucky after his post-game comments, the things he's done in the past week, this is... It's happening right now. This is becoming Chucky's team.
1: Dude, he, in the span of, uh, what, three, four games, he scored the tying goal against Nashville in the OT winner. <laughs> and then he scored the 3-2 goal against the guy and then scored the OT winner, like... Geez, Luis. Like, that's four games and he's had an insane impact.
0: Like, it's still Mark Giordano's team, but it's, be- well, okay. it's becoming Chucky's team. Do we team. want to
1: talk about this? Because I think it's starting to come up a little bit is the struggles of Giordano. Yeah. They were talking about in the fan a little bit the other day.
0: Point production-wise, he's been doing his thing.
1: it has been okay. But he's had some rough nights.
0: He has. Are we worried about him? I'm not. I'm a little worried. I'm not worried because I feel like more than anything, it's a team. team Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Because until I see the team playing the way I've seen them play last year and I know they can play, I'm not going to judge any one individual too harshly. Yeah.
1: No, I I, I agree with that. I'm I'm not quite there yet. It's just like a little bit of like, oh boy. Maybe, well, obviously, because I think everybody expected him to regress this year. You don't have a year like that. Well, he won the goddamn Norris Trophy. He's not going to
0: be the same. But it's just like... How often do guys win back-to-back Norrises? Has it ever happened? Unless your name's Nick Ledstrom. Yeah. And he probably won like eight in a row, but... I guess it's
1: happened, yeah. I'm an idiot. But I mean, like, I think what we're seeing is... And I don't know. Like, I'm just really curious to see how much of this team's defensive success hinges on Mark Giordano being a goddamn superhuman. So, I'm not too worried yet, but I have noticed that he has not been... Well,
0: and that's the reason why, like, the, as a team, defensively, we've been bad. Yeah. So, it's going to look worse on individual totally. statistics when your team as a whole is bad.
1: And I mean, Jesus Christ, he's still on pace for 55 points. So, it's not like he's falling off a cliff offensively. Either. He's got four goals, so... Um, I don't know. I just... I, I've heard some people chatting about it, and... I don't know. I'm like, I'm, like, the slightest bit concerned. Like, just, like, a little bit. I'm just... I don't know. <laughs> they I think Steinberg made a good point the other night. He was, like... Most of what he's seen of Giordano's struggles, like, I'm thinking specifically of the Washington game, where he, for some reason, is, like, way out of position on two goals.
0: Well, that was the worst he's looked defensively all year.
1: It was more... Like mental mistakes, right? Yep. It's not him. Like, oh Jesus well, Lord, and- Mark Janowski's thirty-six years old and can't skate anymore. Yeah,
0: and I know part of it too is that he's pressing for for offense. Yeah, exactly. Because they're behind.
1: Like that's what Steinberg said. It's like he's probably
0: he's probably trying too hard. Yep. Right now, and that's the kind of guy he is, and that's part of the reason why we love him so much. Yeah. So the guy cares too much at times. <clears throat> he cares too much. So I'm not.
1: I I'm like, my concern is like, on a scale of ten, like a point
0: three. Okay. Well, that's that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're playing tonight. All right, so basically, Bill has been all over these guys. Yeah,
1: which I am. The thing is, I'm glad he has been. Me but too. I'm annoyed. These, I'm just. Everything's tainted today with the Shillington being thing. So, anyways, go ahead. Well,
0: they've done it before. It didn't last long. I don't see it lasting long. I hope not. But yeah, outside of the Shillington. Try to get over that. Outside of the Shillington thing, you like what you like. What he's he's making some noise. Yeah. And basically, basically the thing he's saying, which stood out to me, is like he was pissed off about it. If you're in the locker room and you look to the guy to your left and the right and the guy across from you, you want to know, you want to trust that they're gonna bring their game. He says, right now, you look around the room, you don't know who's coming tonight.
1: You really don't. Like I think you can count on like one hand the guys who have been consistent this season.
0: Chucky Linholm. Chuck Linholm. I mean, I the effort th- from Gio. i throw there. Gio on there, yeah. Obviously, Riddick. Games.
1: Riddick for sure. Riddick has been fucking
0: and I mean, your MVP.
1: Is that it? I think TJ Brody's been pretty consistent, a couple bad games. Brody's been good, but yeah. That's about I it. I mean, like most everybody I'll, else. I like, would say Shillington. Who the fuck? Yeah, Shillington, Shillington and, and Anderson. Rass. But I mean, who the fuck else is, like, every night? Like, Gaudreau Monaghan. Mon Giopani's
0: been consistent. Yeah. Derek Ryan has looked bad.
1: He's been good the last few games, I thought. I well, thought he looked pretty bad. He had bad. a really bad start. I
0: thought he looked pretty bad against Arizona.
1: I only watched the third... Well, I watched half the second. Until we kind of turned the tide around. Yeah. Anyways, continue. But I mean, like, yeah. No, I agree with Bill, right? Like, there's too many nights where there's too many guys who was like, what the fuck was he doing tonight?
0: Well, and even these wins that you, you had... Yeah, exactly. Like, for 40 minutes, you didn't show up.
1: Yeah, and like, I know it's kind of talking about both sides of your mouth. But they're like, oh, you can't dominate every period. But it's just like, literally, if you had played... Half of, if you had played the second, if you'd played like, the, you played in the third period against Arizona, in even like one period against any of these other teams, you probably have at least two more wins this year. Oh, yeah. Like, man, like, the night to night effort. Well, and that- I don't know. Is it too easy to say it's the effort? I don't think it is, because when you watch the games, like we do, as all as fans, you can tell when they're like not playing well. Like, there's been too many nights when it's just been like, Well, I think, the effort hasn't been there.
0: I think the thing is, is that the reason why it boils down to effort is, if things aren't going right, because I think that's the argument you're making. If it isn't effort, it just means things aren't going well. Yeah.
1: Which I think they haven't been, I think they have been kind of unlucky. Some nights they probably have deserved to win. They've been the better team.
0: Sure. But the point I'll make is that if things aren't going well, what you have to do is you simplify the game and then it comes back down to effort being the the focal thing. Yeah. So I get it. It's kind of like a catch 22 where it's like, okay, maybe it's not the effort, it's just that things aren't going well. But then if things aren't going well, you have to simplify your game and then now, now it has to be about the work ethic. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's kind of <laughs> like I, you can't just because things aren't going well it can't be an excuse.
1: Well, you can't you can't tell me they put in a great effort against the worst team in one of the worst teams in the league, the LA Kings, who they've lost to twice this year. And been absolutely dominated by. So Yo, you're telling me the effort was there in both of those games? Like hell we've, no. we've seen them get completely outshot, outchanced, dominated for like long stretches in games this year. So
0: I don't know. I honestly don't. I guess you're on the second half of a back-to-back after playing Vegas, but I don't know how he lost to San Jose that game. Yeah, that was bad.
1: Um, I mean, there's there there've been a few games this year where they've been outright really terrible. And again, too much up and down inconsistency. Like even in games, like again, you beat the Predators, but you got crushed in the first period. You beat the Coyotes, but I mean, you didn't really start playing until the third period, right? Um, so I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens here. But like you said, we got to get on a roll here. Yeah. I think it's no. I think it's no exaggeration to say like you really need to win three out of four games, maybe even four out of four games on this homestand here.
0: Well, you got. New Jersey tonight and I think tonight is an absolute must win. You're playing Riddick. You have New to win New Jersey's tonight. in the bottom of the league.
1: Well, there's a stat, I don't know. Elliot Friedman said November 1st. If you're not in the playoffs yep. by November 1st, it's very unlikely.
0: Yeah, I, I listen to that. Yeah, he was on the fan. It's a small percentage out. of teams that make it in. Like
1: 9 out of like 50 in the past however many years yeah. have made it in, not being in on November 1st. So, it's but,
0: like, so we have been in. We have been in. But we're still in the bubble. Yeah, And if you look at the games in hand thing, yeah, maybe played, we're out.
1: Exactly. we played the most games, I think, 17.
0: So that was a big... That was, that was, good thing we won last night again. Yeah, play, Jesus. Last game against Arizona. But you look at it, I think you need to win tonight. And then what happens now is you need to put forth one of your best efforts of the entire season against St. Louis on Saturday night because you don't play Dallas until next Wednesday. Yeah. So you need to, like, empty the tanks completely and you need to put extra energy into that game and then hopefully it translates into a win. Because if you can win tonight, and must win, which you should win, and and pour forth that effort on St. Louis. And then you should be rested come Dallas. Dallas might be playing off a back-to-back. I don't know. Dallas is going to be a tough game though. They're, you got to, to win tonight. You have to win tonight because you have
1: two tough games. Dallas has been good lately. Yeah. St. And Louis and is St. always going to
0: be good. St. Louis tops in the West right now. They beat
1: yeah. They beat the Canucks and the Oilers.
0: And then you got to go on the road to Arizona, Arizona which Vegas, is obviously a good team. Then Vegas. Then can then, never then, seem to beat. Then Colorado, Colorado. At home and then St. Louis. So you have four
1: in. You have like six tough teams right now. You have to start banking. To and play. then
0: you play Philly, has been better, and then you play Pittsburgh, and then you play Buffalo, who's been great. rolling. So, like, November's a tough month. This is a tough month. So you got to make hay at those homesteads right like, here. I mean, I
1: think, I haven't looked at the strength of schedule um, chart in a while, but I mean, in terms of the strength of schedule, the Flames had one of the the easier, weaker team, like, strength schedules in, in October, even though Ooh. they played a lot. They didn't do great. No. So they didn't take advantage. So now you got to straighten it out. Now you gotta get going.
0: Alright, did we touch on out at the lineup tonight?
1: Um no, like I don't so know. So only
0: only other kind of change to the lineup tonight is Frelik's out. I don't uh, mind it. I don't mind it either. Like I don't I don't see how a reader gives you more than Frelik does.
1: I thought Reader has been okay, but yeah, it's like
0: does he give more swapping Frolico those though?
1: two guys are just like it's it's a replacement for replacement. And it,
0: then it comes back to this point, what is he making? Four point three million? Exactly. You're gonna a four point three million isn't even so in your lineup. No.
1: So I think like unless for leak is playing on the second line, I really have no issue swapping him out. For like greater.
0: you, you gotta think that Tree Living is shopping for leak and Jankowski well, at this point.
1: You have to think he's doing something like Jesus, right? I don't know. You have to think. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. I guess. I I really want them to try Lindholm. I really want to see Lindholm at center
0: soon again. I don't know. Well, what they gotta do is they gotta build a line with him and Chucky. They do. They have to. That should you be their see priority over time. And it why, looks nice. Why can't you have two lines? Chucky yeah. Lindholm and then Johnny Mani. And then now you're rotating whoever's gonna play with those guys while Tree living is shopping for a guy permanently in that top seven. Yeah, system. I really
1: wanna see that again. Like I really do. Cause I was really hesitant at first until we kind of like started thinking about it a little more because I was like, Well, Lindholm plays so well there, but I mean I think you have to do it at this point Yep. because you're not school i think i think that's the issue we're not scoring are we scoring not very much how we scored so many goals last year well we're starting to score more now yeah it's is, starting to come around which is one of the positive things of that arizona game is they showed you they could score in bunches yeah so yeah you gotta win tonight you gotta win tonight